This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, we've been in this series here on faith forever and been on the Faith Hall of Fame, and I'm just going to highlight it a little bit tonight in some areas where we've been. Actually, we're not going to Hebrews 11, but in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 31, where we were a week ago, it said, by faith, the harlot Rahab. By faith, the harlot Rahab. And so, God remembered this woman because of her faith, her trust in Him. And I highlighted the word, the harlot Rahab. And so, her profession didn't disqualify her from the kingdom of God. And I say that tonight, I don't care what you've done, God doesn't care what you've done. It doesn't disqualify you from being a child of God. No matter how you've viewed yourself, no matter how many times you've failed, you may be a modern day misfit in your own eyes, but remember this woman named Rahab, that she rose above her circumstances by an act of faith. And so again, we ask this question, where did Rahab get her faith, this old Canaanite woman? Well, remember, uh, not Hebrews, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we uh, rewind last week, we review there in Joshua chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, it specifically said that she had heard about what the Israelites had done, and she had heard about their God. And remember, she said, there, there's no God like your God. And so, again, faith comes by hearing. Now, here's what you got to understand when I say that. Just because she heard about God, that doesn't mean it was smooth sailing after that. What you begin to see is not only did this woman hear about God, she acted on what she heard. How do we know she acted on what she heard? Because remember, the two spies that came into Jericho said to her, they said, now listen, your only hope, your only chance is going to be that scarlet cord that hangs from that window. If that scarlet cord isn't out there, you're going to be destroyed. So not only did she hear the things of God, but she had to act on what she heard. And she said, man, that scarlet cord's got to be out there. i got to get underneath that. Now, I'm going to start tonight in a book called Micah. Now, it's in the latter part of the Old Testament. Um, after the book of Jonah, Obadiah, then Jonah, then you're going to come into Micah. And if you go to a book called Nahum, You've gone too far. So we're going to the book of Micah, chapter number 7. So this woman named Rahab, she rose up out of her her condition, her past. I believe this is why the Bible highlights that she was a harlot. Just saying, you know what? That's under the blood. It's under the name of Jesus. So we begin here in Micah chapter 7, verse 18. 
Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquities. Iniquities are forms of sin, and he uses the word pardons. And passes over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. In other words, he overlooks our rebellion. Transgression is rooted in the word of rebellion. It means to trespass against God. But it says something interesting there, that our God is the God who, who pardons, he forgives, he passes over our iniquities, he wipes the slate clean. I want to highlight that because that's what he did for the harlot Rahab. Keep reading here. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. And you may want to underlight that right there. God is a God who delights in showing or giving mercy, okay? You know what mercy is? We don't get what we deserve. And this is what God says. And so when we go back to verse 18, it says, Who is like you, God? There's none like God. Because he delights in mercy. He goes on to say this. He will again have compassion on us, and he will subdue or stamp out our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Keep reading. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Now literally what this saying is our God is a God with immense compassion. Our God is a God who will forgive and he will forget sin. And he has a covenant of faithfulness to all generations. Every one of us in this room, okay? I encourage you to go back there and highlight this because this, this is who God is and this is how God will operate toward every one of us in this room. Now turn back, probably a page in your Bible. I'm going to be in the same chapter, chapter, 19, uh, chapter, or chapter 7, verse 9. And it says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my case. Until he pleads my cause. And he executes justice for me. He will bring me forth to the light. And I will see his righteousness. Now when I begin to look up what he's talking about here. When he says he will plead my case. When we truly repent to God. God becomes your defense lawyer. God will represent you. And how he does that with us in the New Testament is through the Lord Jesus. And so again, we acknowledge we've sinned. Man, I've sinned and I've sinned and I've sinned. But something happens when I confess my sin that God will, will move in our lives. Now I want you to turn into the New Testament to the book of Philippians chapter 3. And as you're turning there, the number one thing that stops most people's faith is we continue to relive or remember our past failures and mistakes. 
But if God is a God and it says that he throws our sea into the sea of forgetfulness, why don't we go ahead and forget it? If God will let it go. So again, God's, his forgiveness means he forgets sin. He forgets it. So when God says that if you'll confess your sin and he'll forgive, he means it. He's, he's not just saying that to entertain us. He means that. And so again, I'm, I'm highlighting here a woman who was a harlot. Who when I read these passages of scripture, the blood of Jesus, that scarlet cord represented her. It defended her. Same as the blood of Jesus does for us. But it shows me that this woman had to get past her past. Now, watch this in Philippians 3, because I'm going to start in verse 12. And this is the Apostle Paul. If you were to study the Apostle Paul's life, he said this about himself. He said, I am the chief sinner. I am numero uno as the sinners. There's no one who sinned like me. Now, this was a guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament. So when I read that, I think, okay, how did this guy who had had people persecuted, murdered, beaten, and all that, how did he end up where he ended up? Watch what he says here. This is Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I've already attained, and or I'm already affected, but I press on. I press on. You know what I believe he's saying right there? I just keep getting up. Proverbs 24 says this. A righteous man will fall seven times, but he keeps getting back up. It didn't say a righteous man never falls. A righteous man will fall, but he just keeps getting back up. How do I get back up? I keep pressing on. I keep coming to the things of God. So this is what he said. He said, I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, man, Christ died for me. Christ paid a huge price for me. Now watch, watch his key here. Watch his secret in verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do. Now watch what he says. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind me, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. So he said, this is the one thing I do. I, I let go of my past. Now here's my paraphrased edition. Quit living life looking through the rearview mirror of life. This guy understood when God said, I'll forgive you, he took it seriously. He said, you know what? I forget that. I move on from my past. Now here's what it is about your past. You can't change your past. But you can be forgiven of it when you confess it and then you believe, man, God will forgive me. He'll wash me. And so this great man of God, he says, I forget one thing. And let me ask you something. Is there one thing, and there may be multiple things, but is there just one, one major thing or stumbling block in your life that you just can't keep, get past it? Now you fill in the blank and say that. You know what you got to do? You go before Father God and you say, Father God, I've sinned. I've sinned. 
And I ask you to forgive me and I ask you to cleanse me. And then you know what you got to do? You got to by faith receive that. And guys, I, I don't have angel wings. I got a past. But I choose to go on to the new life that is in Christ Jesus and say, man, I'm, I'm not that old man. Remember, this is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. It'll say, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away. All things have become new in him. Yeah, I agree, man. Thank God. Thank God I'm a new creation, cre creation in him. Verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, it's interesting. He said twice. I press. I press on. I press on. I tell you, there's days you're going to have to get up. There are days you're going to have to put on the things of God. And you're just going to keep having to press on by faith. I wish I could tell you, every morning I get up, I'm on cloud nine. Woo, yes. No, there are days you just got to press on by faith. Say, Lord, I'm going to live for you today. I'm going to serve you. Now, in saying that right there, I think every one of us would agree in this statement that that woman named Rahab, she had quite a past. And not only did she remember her past, I bet there were people that remembered her past. Now, I don't know about you, have you ever had someone that will try to bring up your past? Oh, I remember when you did this, this, and this, and this. Well, again, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm not going to allow that to happen. So I, I want to show you something here biblically. Turn to the first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. So last week we saw where Rahab got out of that city of Jericho because of that scarlet cord. But then you may ask, well, what happened to Rahab after that? She just wander off in the wild blue yonder. Watch this right here. This, this, this is incredible here to me. Matthew 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So what we're getting ready to look at, we're getting ready to look at the bloodline of Jesus, the family tree of Jesus, okay? Now understand when this was written, Ancestry.com wasn't out yet, okay? But if it was, watch, watch how we trace this, this guy named Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Now again, just hang in here with me. If I butcher some of these names, don't lose your salvation, okay? Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. And Judah begot Perez. And if you're not careful, you get very tired for reading these. But hang in here. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron. And Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Abinadab. And Abinadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. And Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Wait a minute. Wait, this, this can't be the same Rahab. This, this can't be the same harlot Rahab. But it is. 
And so when you looked at this, this woman named Rahab, not only was she saved from the destruction and came under the blood, but she began to hang out with the righteous. She marries a godly man named Salmon, I believe is how you pronounce it. And they have a baby named Boaz. Not dumbass, Boaz, okay? I'm just waking you up, all right? I probably shouldn't have said that, but oh, it's too, it's too late. <laughs> Boaz, Boaz, get your train of thought here back. You want to study this? The harlot Rahab would have been the great, 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 great grandmother of a man named King David. And if we keep going here, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes from the very bloodline of a harlot named Rahab. So guess what shows me? This woman pressed on. She reached forward. She kept going. And the only way she could have done that is she said, man, God has forgiven me. God has saved me. I, I come under the things of heaven again. So I say this to me and you. We got to get a hold of these things. And it happened by faith because of this woman named Rahab. So when we read this and, and we see all this in the Old Testament, the scarlet cord, how does that apply for me and you as New Testament Christians? Well, first of all, you, you got to get born again. How do I get born again? Well, the Lord said in John 3, he said to a man named Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you got to get born again. Well, how do I do that? Do I jump back into my mother's womb? And he says, no. You confess your sin and you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. So I asked Jesus to come in, but again, according to 1 John 1, 9, and you may want to write this down, that the, the, that the Father said this, if you'll confess your sin before me, I'm faithful and just not only to forgive you, but I want to cleanse you. I want to cleanse you. And so because of those steps right there, I not only get born again, I'm forgiven. But I've got to learn to live off what the Word of God says. And so I, I either believe the Word and I act on it. So to believe it, I'd say, you know what? This is what the Word of God says. But to act on it, you know what i got to do? i got to stand before Father God. and say, Father God, I confess my sin. Now, can I give you a little nugget? You probably need to do that every day. You know why? Because we probably sin every day. Now, I don't speak that over you. I just know how we are in our humanity. Let me ask you, how many have gone, how many have gone all day without doing one thing wrong today? Let me help you. How many of you cut someone off in the traffic? How many of you call somebody stupid today? How many of you got mad at work? How many of you said a few cuss? Ah, we better quit. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. Again, what I'm getting to here is, man, God moved in this harlot's life. He, he changed it, and, that, and that's how God wants to move with us. Do you know, right now, God is still in the business of taking messes and making miracles. He loves to do that. And, and, and used to, 
you, you were the, the main attraction of sin at family reunions, but now you stroll in and everybody looks and says, what happened to him? I received this guy named Jesus in my life, and all of a sudden, I'm kind of like a snake. I start shedding all these things. And this begins to happen, and this begins to happen. And guess what? Before long, your family members, when they got problems, they call you. And when they, they want people to get married, they call you. And when they got people that need to be buried, they call you. It's called job security. We marry them and we bury them. Probably shouldn't have said that either, should I? Go, go to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9, verse number 11. Now watch this. But Christ came as high priest, not as a priest, but as high priest. Of the good games, of the good things to come. Notice that, guys. He didn't say of bad things to come. He said of good things to come. Our God's always up to something good. And with greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but watch this. But with his own blood, with Jesus' own blood. Now watch what he did. And he entered the most holy place once for all. What Jesus did, he only had to do it one time, and what he did with his blood was for all, for eternity. Once and for all. For what? Now keep reading here this week. Having obtained eternal redemption. That word redemption means you and me, we were repurchased with the blood of Jesus. We were bought back. With an everlasting redemption, a full completion. Keep reading. For if the blood and bulls and goats and the ashes of the heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying, uh, for purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, and watch this, cleanse your conscience Cleanse my conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now that statement right there to a T is I believe what happened to Rahab. Because of that scarlet cord, it washed her conscience where she could serve the living God. And if that scarlet cord worked for her, how much more the blood of Jesus will work for every one of us? Man, cleanse my conscience, Lord. Cleanse me from that inferiority. Cleanse me from guilt. Cleanse me from shame. This is what he's talking about. Now, for time's sake, look at verse 22. And according to the law, the law of Moses, almost all things are purified or cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Better stated, without the shedding of the blood of Jesus, there is no forgiveness of sin. So when you see the word remission right there, it means to send away. It means to release from bondage, to release from imprisonment. That word remission there means dismissal. It means a canceling out of all judgment, of all punishment, of all obligation to debt. You know, every one of us in this room, we owe. We owe a debt we could never repay. Because the blood of Jesus 
I walk free. You walk free. Wow. Man, if you're a good sinner, what, what great news. Whew, I thank you, Father God, that all my sins are forgiven. I want to end with this tonight. Go to the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verse number 12. You may want to get a Bible and you want to get your notes because this, this, this one will, will, will bless you. Giving thanks to the Father. One translation says, always giving thanks to the Father. Woo, throughout the day. Woo, Father God, I thank you. Bless me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Always giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Who has qualified us. So what's he qualified us for? To be partakers or to share of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, if I read that correctly, if you're a saint, you have an inheritance. How do I become a saint? I get born again. I give my heart to Jesus, and I ask him to forgive me of my sins. And so, once I've done that, in God's eyes, I'm declared a saint in his eyes. And it says here, he's qualified us in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, I said a minute ago, remember the thing in Micah 7-9 about the light. He will bring me forth to the light. In other words, there, there's a side of darkness that I don't want to be a part of. So when I get born again, he qualifies me as a saint, and I become with an inheritance that's in this light. So listen to me. You got an inheritance. Every one of us in this room, we got an inheritance is what he said. And he qualified us for that. You know how he qualified us? Through his son, the Lord Jesus. Now, an inheritance would do you no good unless you knew what that inheritance was. And it's amazing many times that there are believers or saints, they don't even know they got an inheritance that's in light. So verse number 13, it's a portion of the inheritance that God has given every one of us in this room. Watch this, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. You may want to underline has. He has. Remember that Jesus was a sacrifice and what he did was once for all. So when I say he has delivered us from the power of darkness, Jesus has already done it. That word darkness there means the dominion and, and control of darkness. It said he's delivered me. So that, that's part of me and you's inheritance. So let me ask you something. What's the darkness of your life? If there's darkness in there, you say it. And you say, I thank you tonight, Father God, you've delivered me from the power of darkness. Now, if I had time... 
That phrase, the power of darkness, would would cross-references to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And you may say, what is that? That's the devil and the third of the angels that fell through him. So our battle here on earth is not with flesh and blood. It's against the demonic entities that are here. And they are designed to bring darkness to every one of us. I don't care who you are. If you're a human being on this earth, their desire is to keep you in darkness. But we've been qualified with an inheritance in light. So he said, I've delivered you out of the power of darkness and I've conveyed or transferred you into the kingdom of the son of his love. And so that word there, convey, it literally means I took you out of a realm of darkness and I moved you into the realm of light. But if I don't know what my inheritance is and I don't know how to appropriate my inheritance, it does me no good. So how would I appropriate this inheritance? Woo, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Woo, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You've delivered me. I thank you that your blood is, is, is greater than any darkness. Watch how he ends here in verse number 14. In whom we have redemption... Through his blood and the forgiveness of sin. We have redemption through his blood. We've been repurchased through his blood. So the blood of Jesus is an eternal warranty for every one of us. If you're born again, you have just as much right to the blood of Jesus as Roxanne does. Why? Because we've been qualified as inheritance, of partakers of the inheritance. So again, until I start walking in those, so think about this sense. As the harlot Rahab, day after day, she came under that scarlet cord. Day after day, I come under the blood of Jesus. Pastor, how do I do that? I appropriate that by faith. I believe in my heart and I speak with my mouth. Man, I, I get my mind where it's transformed. I renew my mind to the Word of God. In other words, I begin to think in line with the Word of God. And so one of the greatest things you can begin to do is begin to quote that. I thank you, Father God, you delivered me out of the power of darkness. In Jesus' name. Will it work? It'll work. How do you know it'll work? Because I saw it happen in my own life. The darkness in my life that I stood on that verse, and I shouldn't say just me. My wife stood. I, I would hear her quoting Colossians 1.13. She'd say, Father God, I, th- I thank you that, that that alcohol has no dominion over him. I thank you. You set him free. That's part of the inheritance that you blessed him with. So you know what? Both of us, we started praying. I thank you, Father God. Woo, I, I've been delivered from alcohol. And after two days, you were set free. No. I stayed with it. 
And I kept pressing on. I kept believing the word of God. I kept believing the word of God. Now understand this. Ooh, I better hurry. A person that drank every day. If you miss a day, that's progress. And I begin to see that happen. But a righteous man may fall. The way I was righteous because of Jesus. He made me righteous, but I would fall. How would I get back up? I'd confess it. I'd say, Father God, I'm sorry. I fell again. I fell again. And you know what God does when we confess our sins? He gets us up. He says, I forgive you. And then he dusts the pants off. He says, get back in there, buddy. Get back in there. Press on. And so I'd keep speaking the word. I'd keep speaking the word. Again, Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, whosoever will say to the mountain, just keep speaking the word to the mountain. And I begin to speak. And begin before long, it was a week, it was months. Before long, it was years. And now, man, I am. Let's see how many years we've gone now. I'm, I'm, I'm 35 plus years. That's him. That's him. You got, a, you got an inheritance. And so if God would do that for Rahab the harlot, and God would do that for the drunk Stormy, and God, I can go around the room. I know many of you's history, and I won't say it publicly, but I know some of you wouldn't mind. Tell them, Pastor. God set me free. So, man, when we begin to live and understand, man, we got a God who pardons our iniquities. He throws your sin into the sea of forgetfulness. He gets rid of it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.